Hello and welcome everybody to episode 14 of the podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Noy. And we are the Knights of Entertainment, a podcast covering deep dives into your favorite and unknown comic books, movies, games, and more weekly. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. This is what we are covering tonight. We are going into Day of Vengeance by DC Comics. But before we do, please like, follow, and subscribe to the channel. Uh, check out our promo code on Coffee Brand Coffee, uh, K O E Pod. And if you have anything or any comments, you can always email us at Knights of Entertainment Podcast at gmail.com. No dick pics. Well, no, I might like those, but it's okay. I will not. <laughs> But we'll go ahead and get into this. Uh, we are going over Day of Vengeance. Uh, this was a mini tie-in series to the Infinite Crisis for DC Comics. Uh, it's been around since 06 Yeah, so. somewhere around there. It's been a long time. To me, though, it was it was one of my favorite comic books of like little comic book series. That I've read in a long time. It's a good story. Wasn't it Bill Williamson that wrote it? Same guy that made uh, Fables. Sounds familiar. I can't. I can't verify that though. But Bill something. Bill Nye, the science guy, probably. Oh God. <laughs> Bill Nye's out there trying to save the world now. Apparently, so we can't go with that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, the story starts off uh, with uh, Jean Loring. Uh, Jean Loring was the wife of Ray Palmer, the Atom, um, and part of the uh, Identity Crisis series a couple of years before that. Uh, in the Identity Crisis series, uh, Jean uh, Loring, she kills Sue Dibney, which was the wife of the elongated man. Yeah, I remember that. Just a fucking straight murder. Because she took his suit, uh, the Adams yeah. suit, shrunk herself down so that way she could supposedly give um, Sue Dibney a uh, like Alzheimer's-like type thing because she was walking on her brain. Oh, they make her crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it was her whole thing was that she wanted uh, Ray Palmer to spend more time with her. Yeah. And so that way they would think about spending time with their families more. They lost their fucking like, mind is what happened. Fucking crazy. Leave it to DC. Just scar you for life. If it ain't if it ain't Green Lantern's girlfriend in the fucking fridge, it's something else. Uh, but that is Jean Loring. Okay. Uh, we start off with her. Uh, she's in the mental. Uh, she's in a mental facility at this point, and she keeps talking to this purple gem that's laying on the floor. Oh yeah, I remember that. She's just talking to it, and the gem is seemingly speaking back to her telepathically, telling her that uh, it it wants to do things to her and it wants her to put uh, it by her heart and stuff like that. And she's like, "I'm not that kind of a person. I, why? What do you think of me like that?" Just a weird. I don't remember that setup. part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she gives in though eventually, and when she puts this uh, gem right there by her chest, basically, it, she goes up into this like purple, like um, like smoke light, and basically becomes Eclipso after that because the the gem the shard basically absorbs into her body um she turns into eclipso and she bursts through the mental facilities walls and then the the next line you see from her is uh look at what you all have to answer for now <laughs> and then that it just ends for that specific panel we then go into uh we meet up with the narrator of this story for the first comic book of this series and i believe there's six in the series and then there's like a main tie-in 
of uh, Infinite Crisis. It was like every member of the Shadow Pack, right? Had their own little mm-hmm. dialogue. Each each series, uh, each book in the series has a different narrator yeah. for the entire series. It's kind of cool, though. It's a good idea. It's a nice concept, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first narrator in this first book is uh, Ragman. Yeah, Ragman. Uh, a, a little bit about Ragman, though. He is basically a um, a magical base character. His suit absorbs the souls of like criminals, criminals and stuff like that. Basically, um, if you get trapped in that suit, you like contribute to his ability, right? You contribute to his ability, so you give him like extra strength, or you like how since this whole patchwork of shit is all different souls, basically, he can draw on it like a hundred plus people's abilities of like strength to jump over fences, climb walls real fast, yeah. Just a whole bunch of different kind of like that, yeah. It's kind of a, a different idea. He loses bit. a bunch of them at one point, doesn't he? Later on in the yeah, night, he yeah. takes a fucking heavy hit. He's like, all those people dead. <laughs> yeah, he does. I'm like, man, fuck those pedophiles. <laughs> and basically, if you contribute enough, your time and the like, your sentence yeah. within it, it, you get to move on to the afterlife. After the fact, so basically, you're fucked regardless. You're dead anyway. You just may not go to hell. Like you're knows. dead. They do manual labor. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Even after being dead, uh, we meet up with Ragman in Gotham City, like the number one place for him to find new patches for does, his. Does he, have, does he have his pass? His pass from Batman to be allowed to operate in the city. They all gotta get. You didn't know this, but you all gotta get a pass from Batman to get in the city. <laughs> they don't talk about it much. You gotta get a pass. Like, yeah. where, where's your Batman pass at? The, the funny thing is, though, is I think there was a, a comic book, and I cannot remember. It might have been this series where they're all in Gotham after it's been destroyed. Yeah, and they're it's, like, it's right after. Yeah, and, and they're all asking. Like it's just because of the so, like the seventh age of magic was rising yeah, yeah. up, and Gotham just got. Fucked. It might have been Nightshade that brought it up in this, but she was like, nobody told Batman, did they? <laughs> I wouldn't tell him either, bro. He just fucked up your whole city. Uh, Ragman is, uh, he's chasing this guy. Uh, there's this guy that he's chasing has killed his wife and his business partner for obvious reasons. Don't like that, were they fucking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's absorbing him into the patchwork uh, that makes up his, um, his suit. Yeah. Uh, what did just take a just a piece of cloth over his dick to begin with? What, how did the patchwork start? How did like had to be one guy it, it, first? to know what the first one was? You know, the first one did just around his dick. Was it around his dick? Or yeah, where else would you cover his ass? Wouldn't cover my ass. We all got an ass. <laughs> I don't want anyone to see this glorious dick. <laughs> I got to cover that first. Plus, I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> so the next patch would be the ass. Then some shoes, maybe. I'm just walking around like a crazy homeless person. Yeah, at first, Ragman must have been a horrendously terrifying to witness. Uh, if I remember right, though, the lore for it is that he was passed along the suit. Like it wasn't just something he had to start off with well, uh, someone, ground zero. Someone had to start with ground zero. <laughs> that, that probably would have been Kane. I guess you could, you could keep your regular clothes, right? Yeah. And just have like the patch on your arm. Yeah. Like arm to sleeve and then just build from there. Yeah. I guess I was thinking too perverted. <laughs> Which is where my mind goes straight off. Just imagine a superhero wearing just a patch over his dick. I'm here to save the day. <laughs> then you go to jail. <laughs> Indecent exposure. Like, hey, you get to go to jail. How about that? <laughs> uh, 
after absorbing the soul, uh, Ragman, he starts getting nauseous and stuff like that because it still affects him. It does? Like whenever he absorbs a new soul oh, into his body. Some sort of discomfort? Like a backlash almost. That sucks. And, and the guy's also kind of struggling within like the soul. Oh, they all struggle first. They <laughs> well, stop. That's what he says too. Yeah, you, we all going to stop eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to start contributing eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they have to like contribute like willingly, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's willingly. Now, where, did you bring the issues with you? <laughs> I got to read them all now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after, after he absorbs this guy, though, uh, he's transported into the woods basically and he's wondering he's like i just i just basically fucking i just took this guy out and now you're already transporting me somewhere else where i'm needed come on like the suit does that yeah the suit does it oh, for him that's cool um wondering why his suit's taking him basically to the middle of fucking nowhere yeah. like into a forest that has trees down and shit uh a voice from under these trees asks for help saying you know a tree or two has fallen on me you think you can give me like a hand like <laughs> come on now uh, which Ragman, he goes over there and he lives him off. Wait, if I remember correctly, was it Blue Devil? No. Damn. No, not Blue Devil. Not Blue Devil. Enchantress. Was it? No, yeah, Enchantress. That was the first one he met? Mm-hmm. Uh, she tells him to uh, carry her since uh, her bones are broken and, you know, the tree's been on top Damn. of her. She says that she can heal herself now that the trees are off of her, but it's going to take some time. And, um, yeah, we ain't got that fucking kind of time to wait around, you know? <laughs> we can't just, you know, take our merry-ass time here. Um, Ragman asks if... Uh, he, he should look for the other person that's over there in the hole. You know, like he sees there's a body over there. He's like, <laughs> should I help him too? And to which Enchantress, uh, she basically tells him he's already dead, along with 700 other sorcerers. Damn. <laughs> uh, he asks what happened, and she tells him it's still happening and points. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I remember it was, they were just all fighting. Wasn't it that big tree guy? The uh, druid? Black Briar Thorn. Yeah, yeah he was fighting yeah. uh, Spectre. Yeah, well, he says, it, it, like, whenever she points towards it or whatever, he, he begins to say he doesn't see what the fuck she's pointing at because he's looking at the trees. And she's like, no, 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 no. Look higher, higher. <laughs> Revealing basically an ongoing battle, obviously, with uh, Blackbriar Thorn and the Spectre. Uh, they're basically taking up the whole fucking horizon fighting above the tree lines. How many panels is it? Uh, One of those big two-page ones? Uh, not two-page. I think it was a single page, but it was a full... Yeah, I imagine like, whole cover. <laughs> well, uh, uh, whenever it comes to like the the full-page ones, uh, in the Infinite Crisis actual um, the tie-in book, the main book after the six mini-series book, uh-huh. there's that one like main tie-in book associated with it. Yeah. Whenever he fights Nabu, the Spectre, mm-hmm. one of the best pitchers ever, because it starts off where... Um, when he's choke-slamming him? Well, you, you have uh, Nabu and him fighting. Right. Nabu grows bigger, because yeah. he's like... You know, like, I, he, he can grow in magical size, and he's like, he starts holding him down and shit, because he's, like, gigantic at this point. And then you have the Spectre, it's like, child, I learned that ages and millennia ago, and basically becomes so big that he could hold the earth in his hand. Damn, I don't remember that. <laughs> It was a very, like, the, it, it, when you increase scale of size yeah. by that much, it's like, it's fucking cool looking, though. And it, I think it was a two-page for that one. Where it's like just spread across. It's like freaking uh, Shaquille O'Neal looking up at uh, Yaming. Kind of, yeah. Yaming's like seven foot six, I heard. <laughs> it's like, well, damn. <laughs> um, 
Ragman basically is confused though with Blackbriar Thorn and the Spectre fighting because mm-hmm. like he says the Spectre's you know he's plenty scary and all and everything but any one of the good guys like the fuck is he killing people for <laughs> it doesn't make no sense uh, Enchantress responds by uh, saying no one that is that powerful is one of the good guys and who do you think killed the 700 combat trained sorcerers with no bother more no more bother than smashing bugs mm-hmm. just stomping the life out of them all just gone so after you know taking their merry sweet time you know her trying to her, tell him hurry the fuck up let's go <laughs> like otherwise we're both gonna die dumbass they go to the oblivion bar which is in its own pocket universe yeah remember type thing and it's basically where all these kind of sorcerers and stuff kind of gather uh all the um if it was marvel it'd be like dr strange type characters oh yeah so all the the small fr- and it, it's none of the big heavy hitters for DC Comics usually there, but it's like kind of the small fry sorcerers. Detective Detective Jim's there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in the bar, there's a uh, basically just a mass of all these characters that, if you read DC Comics a lot, you can pick out right. who's who. Cool little Easter eggs. It's really a good, it's like a good panel scene or whatever of them all. Uh, Nightshade is there. Uh, she's talking, uh, talking to the group or whatever that she's around, saying the Spectre destroyed six Atlantean sorcerer schools all at once. Damn. <laughs> then you have animal man saying that uh, he's been severed from the red which is what he gets his abilities from and you got somebody else consoling her saying no you'll, you'll get him back don't worry <laughs> so it's also where you get to see that uh, animal man has to basically use he uses magical abilities when you don't really think about that whenever you say somebody's getting abilities from like animals yeah i never I thought kind he was weird. just a regular like uh enhanced uh Genetically or something. Apparently not. Hmm. I mean, at least in this timeline, it's more magical based, which is kind of cool to know. Uh, They also talk about how uh, once Blackbriar Thorn was defeated, the Spectre burned the entire forest that Ragman and Enchantress had already been in and uh, basically destroyed it. And it was a source of magical power for its entire dimension, (laughs) along with wiping out the Darkholm family of vampires, which uh, basically preached nonviolence towards humans in DC. (laughs) They got fucked up. So, okay, at this point, we have a list. He's destroyed the Forest of Mist. He's destroyed Sixth Atlantean Sorcerer Schools. He's destroyed an entire family of vampires that were, like, big in that world right. it's like just going on a, a damn spree here <laughs> killing them all <laughs> um you also then get the uh the narration of uh, ragman basically in the panels and he's um he's talking about jim rook which is the bar owner for the oblivion bar Nightmaster. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i remember him and uh blue devil his body his bodyguard his basically the bouncer mm-hmm. yeah yep. <laughs> Uh, it's saying that nobody causes trouble in the bar and the rumor is that the reason the bar has the name the Oblivion Bar is because of the last guy that caused the problem in the bar <laughs> um, you then get a flashback of um, uh, of the Spectre destroying a couple of sorcerers whenever Enchantress is still fighting originally Yeah, and uh, you see him say uh, I'll stop when all magic is destroyed only then will evil, evil wither on the vine He's so basically, he's the out. randomest thing just started jumping on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
um, Ragman tries consoling her and everything, uh, saying that there has to be a rational explanation, which she, <laughs> which she retorts with, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and no one is more powerful than the Spectre. Yeah, don't, don't you remember Batman v Superman? If there's even a 1% possibility he's our enemy, we gotta take that as absolute certainty. <laughs> Come on now. And for a lot of people that don't know, the Spectre is one of the most powerful characters within DC Comics. Yeah. He's the Wrath of God. And he's that guy. Yeah. And in the hierarchy of DC characters that are stronger, there are a few, technically. Because at the very top, you have the Presence, which is like the the Christian Judeo God basically of DC comics. He basically rules over everything. He created everything. And then below him, you have Michael and Lucifer. That's number one and number two, basically. And under them, you might have a few others. Like, I don't know how much you've read newer DC comics, but you have like, um, what was her name? Uh, there's a, they have another new character now where, uh, she's below them. Um, Primordia or something like that. Like it, it's a weird, hmm. like it has nothing to do with the original presence or anything. It's like its own thing. Then you have like dark side and stuff like that. When you get a little bit lower and the new gods and all that kind of stuff. But Spectre is right up there with them. And it, it, you don't really see him too much in comic books just because he's so overpowered. Yeah. There's not much to do with such a powerful character. Not really. Not really, yeah. No. And he's the... I still find the uh, the best version of him, though, was with uh, Hal Jordan as the Spectre. Parallax, or what was it? it well, he became... Hal Jordan became Parallax, and then... And that uh, became Spectre? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And basically went on a redemption arc the yeah. entire time. But, uh, you know. And so, basically, the, the Spectre is, like, extremely powerful in this. Nigh, un, nigh upon unbeatable. No, I fucked that up. Uh, he's almost nigh omni uh, omnipotent. I think that is one of his abilities, actually, is omnipotent. So I just know all shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <clears throat> So you have uh, you have her saying that you know like basically he's the strongest thing he is absolute power and then yelling that nobody uh, does that to her and gets away with it and they need to form a hunting party and find and kill the specter to which nobody responds to her they just kind of look away like eh, that bitch be crazy no kidding man I'm not going out there and Blue Devil then tells her he's like there's a difference between cowardice because she's calling these people a coward basically he's like there's a difference between cowardice and unwillingness to commit suicide on your own yeah like you just seen what he did to these other people and you're gonna go fight him like you're not the strongest person there is out there like um, some balls though i'll give her that yeah yeah uh and it, it one thing too is that uh, i will say the enchantress in this book is nothing like in suicide squad <laughs> for the love <laughs> of god <laughs> Oh, oh my god weird ass belly dance oh, <laughs> that was the worst interpretation i have ever seen of a character like a combination of the mummy and oh yeah else. Was like, the mummy and uh trash horrid it just horrid um but after that you have ragman he's like um he's like everybody here at the bar is like small fry like 
what about the big guns like Dr. Fate, Madame Xanadu, the Phantom Stranger, the people that actually have power that can't necessarily rival the Spectre, but can at least put up a you know a big right. fight against him, uh, which he's interrupted by Detective Chimp, uh, who says uh, he doesn't know anything about the other big guns, but uh, if they ended up like the Black Mouse that he's got in his hand, uh, you can't count on them to save anybody. <laughs> like Black Mouse. That was Phantom Stranger, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Uh, basically, uh, Phantom Stranger had already fought the Spectre. <laughs> yeah, fucked up. <laughs> right, he can't be killed though. That's the thing, wasn't it? Yeah, he couldn't be killed. So, so he Spectre... like, just turned him into a mouse. Yeah, he, he just took his power away and basically turned him into a mouse. Should have made him a dildo. Just saying. <laughs> oh, just... What else? <laughs> they get, get fucked. <laughs> Make him a plastic asshole. Flashlight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, that reminds me. Hey, DC, <laughs> hey, you need a new writer? I'll write you a brand new Detective Chimp comic book. <laughs> me and Michael, we're, we're, we actually we uh, we once offered you guys a bunch of stuff, and you yeah. guys responded by saying no, thank you, and fuck you. <laughs> you guys sent us a letter, <laughs> but uh, we're more well written now, more skilled. We'll write you the best Detective Chimp comic ever. Well, the sad thing is, at the time, we had portfolios worth of work. Yeah, you son of a bitch. We sent you a solicited offer. We gave you the idea of a podcast at that point. I think we gave you the, the trade pay, the trade, uh, the, the little card game. Yeah. I think we invented that. You took it from us. I could have sworn. We actually had that, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, a few months later, there was a fucking trade card game after that. It had a, a similar fucking format. I remember that. We you still can, have the original paperwork, too. Yeah, it's you, funny. You can, uh, you can pay us back by letting is right detective chick on but um you got then uh blue devil he comments uh we don't need a drunken ship telling us what to do and uh ragman asks what does a mouse have to do with fucking anything like <laughs> You got a, detec- a detective champ, of course. He's like, he introduces himself as detective champ at this point. And he tells them, uh, you know, this mouse is Phantom Stranger. Like, which obviously nobody believes him. Blue Devil says that he needs to stop uh, trying to, you know, uh, garner free drinks and shit from people by trying to come up with fake clout. He's a chip and he's broke all the time, damn. Uh, detective champ says uh, <laughs> they need to set things straight at this point. Now, who's with me? the enchantress babe (laughs) uh we end with uh the oblivion bar at this point and then we jump to the rock of eternity the rock of uh, the rock of eternity is where the wizard shazam lives shazam and and not the uh the shazam wizard from uh the the movie shazam shazam because oh god that was that was a corny movie. <laughs> yeah. A very corny movie. It wasn't a bad movie. I'm not saying it was horrible. Popcorn flick, yes. But it did not pay homage to the comic books really too much. I don't like the addition of all the extra Shazam warriors. Yeah. A little bit too much for like, I just focus on Shazam first and then later down the line. And on top of that, they kept calling him Shazam because they have to at this point. Yeah, they can't call him Captain Marvel. He is Captain Marvel. I will stand by that the entire time. The wizard is Shazam. Yeah. The hero is Captain Captain Marvel. Marvel. Unfortunately, Captain Marvel is also Captain Marvel. Somewhere else. Captain Marvel is Brie Larson, and Brie Larson is a horrible actor. So, okay, let's go ahead and move on. (laughs) But we jump to the the Rock of Eternity. Um, And you have the wizard. He's saying uh, that the enemy has finally revealed himself. Because he's looking down into this pool, and he sees the image of the specter, basically, Mm -hmm. in it. 
and uh, he's saying that uh, but preparation will be ne- uh, be required and more time. Like he's not gonna go and uh, play these people from the Oblivion Bar and just jump into the shit and jump die. In and start fucking swinging. <laughs> Uh, he's then commenting to Captain Marvel that he needs him to buy him that time and to delay the Spectre as long as he possibly can. And of course, Captain Marvel being Billy Batson, the kid, that's always optimistic for the most part because it's like a, what is he, nine years or ten years old, something like that. really young in this one, yeah. (laughs) And... It, it always like the ever optimist, the kid in the it, like in the adult body, basically. He's like, you know, you can count on me. I won't let you down. Yippers, I'll take care of it, boss. <laughs> and, and that's how that, that's how the first comic book ends. If I but, remember, didn't he have a badass fight with Spectre? He does. He does. Doesn't I he, think he win? Uh, he wins that one, doesn't he? No. No, he like no because Spectre gets fucked up and he has to like heal somewhere else, doesn't he? No, uh, he. Uh, he hurts him, yes, but uh, the Spectre can also use the word Shazam to turn him back into a kid. Shazam. Right, right in his ear, after he licks yeah. his ear. <laughs> Shazam. 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 He licks Shazam there, like a nasty murderer. <laughs> uh, but throughout the entire series of Day of Vengeance, you eventually get to where uh, some of the heavy hitters, like uh, Dr. Fate, gets trapped into his own helmet. Yeah, I remember and gets stuck inside of his own helmet. Uh, Madame Xanadu gets her eyes burned out. Yeah, so you got three of the heavy hitters right there. You've you got- know what I what I really liked about the series was that there was this invincible being, right? Mm-hmm. And you had these ragtag team of uh, nobodies. Yeah, you had. Uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, you you have Blue Devil, Detective Chimp, Enchantress, Ragman, uh, Nightmaster, Nightmaster, and Nightshade. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, instead of going toe-to-toe him, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just keep coming up with these plans. They just kept coming up with plan <laughs> after plan. And if it wasn't for, like, plot armor and stuff, they would have probably won. Well, they had the girl that uh, is able to uh, take away magic power. Yeah, and she took away Spectre. She took away the Spectre's power. The problem being, though, he is He just that became, like, an intangible being. Exactly, because he's a, a memory. You can't like, hurt. Damn. You can't hurt an after-image, basically. Then they, they poured all their magic into Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And he did a good number on Shazam. And then he basically absorbed all of Or not ability. Shazam on a Spectre. He attacks the Spectre. And uh, the Spectre basically reconsolidated himself into... But I always liked when the, the smaller group, instead of just like letting the powerful being win, mm-hmm. they have like these unique ways of getting a one-up. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. And uh, if they had stuck with that on the Shadow Pack comic book series that came after, oh, it would have yeah, been a long-running yeah. series instead of like... Well, the first few weren't bad. And then... They felt like, they like they're opposites or some shit. Yeah. And like some blood-blocked city. Yeah. Like, I yeah, remember because yeah. in the first issue, because I had bought it, mm-hmm. there was just a city enveloped in a glob of blood. Mm-hmm. And uh, Superman came down. They're like, uh, "What's going on here? Let me punch this shit out open." About the fucking socket open. <laughs> and I think Phantom Stranger stops him and says, "Like uh, something about the city. It's magic base. You won't want to yeah, go. Yeah. You won't want to go in there." Uh, well, they also got some different characters for Shadow Pact, like in the the later, a little bit later um, books. Uh-huh. Like you had Zatanna was in a few of them. Which is a good addition, I think. Yeah. To the it, like, she wasn't a core member of Shadow Pact, but it was still like a little guest spot. Yeah, you had uh, Zariel, the angel. Uh, he would show up from time to time, basically. Uh, and you would have different, like, you'd have Raven. I think showed up in some of them, in Teen <laughs> Titans. 
<laughs> you for some reason you said there. I, I thought about that so rave. That's so, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm so sorry. But basically, the uh, the day of vengeance ends uh, with uh, Nabu, uh, the the guy that basically gives Doctor uh, Doctor Fate all his power. Yeah. And uh, Nabu basically takes over the the helmet of Doctor Fate, the cloak. Yeah. And then the gloves, basically with the talisman and stuff I got, like that. I got no choice. Where he's like, you know what? I fucking can't leave it to you guys anymore. I'm a Lord of Order. Fuck it. We'll, let's just do this. So he goes and he actually fights the Spectre and. Uh, the Spectre does win. He kills Nabu, ending the... What was it? Sixth the Age? It's the Sixth Age of Magic. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Because he's killed all the Lords of Order and Chaos at this point, so he's destroyed all of them. If I remember, there was a comic book, a one-shot about the Seventh Age rising, mm-hmm. and it had, like, uh, Captain... It had Captain Marvel, the mm-hmm. kid... And he got like the power of Shazam. Yes, and yeah. he got that like streak of gray hair. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I think they carried that on like in a the New Fifty Two and stuff. And like he punched some Yeti. Yeah, and, like I just barely tapped it. He fucking killed him instantly. But it, it's funny because the way that they actually beat the Spectre in the end is Nabu dying. He basically makes the Spectre use so much magic power it forces the presence the the basically the god of DC Comics to notice. And he he likens it to a dog barking so loud that the owner has to come and rein in the dog. You God dang it. What did I tell you about killing people? I'm going to pull him back out. He, he basically, he pulls the specter and uh, puts him into a new host. Yeah. Which is uh, Crispus Allen, I think, was the one that uh, eventually inherited the specter. And don't, don't, don't they put that chick? What's her name? Eclipse? Eclipse, yeah. Eclipse was just next to the sun. Yeah, they made, they made her orbit. <laughs> yeah, they fucked her up. Oh, yeah, because uh, she was the one... Uh, Really? She was she was the one basically uh, almost puppeteering yeah, the Spectre. Spectre. The the entire premise was is that the Spectre didn't have a host after losing Hal Jordan, so he was basically wand like just wandering. He didn't have a, a true direction, and he was just like fucking people. And, 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 and Eclipso took advantage of. Didn't that. he kill some guy with like a like a, a pile of pennies or some shit? The dollar bills, yeah. Yeah, spinning around and killing. Jesus, like the Spectre is a very gruesome character when they want to be <laughs> but that's everything for book one um if y'all guys want it we can go into the to the later we'll books. do them all <laughs> do them all what do we got in urban dictionary all right guys so we like to end this uh, episode with a delicious uh uh, uh i fucked that up real bad <laughs> We'd like to end this episode with uh, a few entries from the uh, number one authority on the Anglo sandwich, the Urban Dictionary. <laughs> I will stand by that statement. <laughs> number one authority in all the English language. <laughs> all right. So we, this one was uploaded by Autumn Marie Lewis on September 14, 2011. Uh, those bears aren't getting any fresher. <clears throat> this one has a lot. Of, there's actually three. Def- this, all three of these are connected. All three of these definitions. So those bears aren't getting any fresher. When a group of four boys and one girl watched The Uninvited and realized that the best line out of the movie was when a random balding older man screamed, those bears aren't getting any fresher. <laughs> so I'm like, what? So that was a link to The Uninvited. Uh-huh. So I looked, I clicked on that one. So this was uploaded by Menno Grammar on February 15, 2009. The Uninvited. It's the kind of horror movie you expect to be cool and scary, but then you look at the rating, Peaches are Teen, and watch it, and it's not all that great. The acting is pretty bad, and the scenes where something where something pops out at you, and the music is so choreographed, it's equivalent to watching High School Musical. So there's a link to that, High School Musical. So I clicked on that one. So uploaded by 
Bull Boy is something worth being. It's a long word. I can't even say. Isadora overworked being on March 11, 2020. High School Musical. Bleach for your eyes. <laughs> well, there you go. Someone really hates the uninvited in High School Musical. And I do not blame them. The, those movies were so damn corny. I wanna, I'm, I'm going to watch them just so I can talk about them too. Uh, you're going you're gonna to quit on those like Velma. It's okay. I didn't quit on Velma. Quit, Velma quit on me. <laughs> All right. I think that is everything that we got for this week. Do you have anything else to add? That's it. That's all, folks. I can't do it. I can't do a Porky Pig one. Is it Porky Pig? Yeah, it's Porky Pig. Jesus, it Porky Pig. You just call it Big Chungus. Let him be Big Chungus. But all right, well, we'll see you guys on the next one. Adios.